I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Amanda Palmer, and this is Bridge the Atlantic. Welcome to Bridge Atlantic's interviews, where we get to know the people behind and in front of the creative industries. We're your hosts, music web designer Ross Barber-Smith from Scotland, owner of Electric Kiwi, where we create awesome custom websites for bands, artists, and musicians. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook as Electric Kiwi. And I'm singer-songwriter and multi-instrumentalist Marcin Valley from Canada, a man who wears many hats, literally and figuratively. When I'm not releasing music under my own name, I'm producing and mixing records for other artists. Speaking of which, if you'd like me to work on your next song or album, I'm currently taking submissions, so get in touch. You can connect with me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Spotify, and Patreon, which are all my name, Marcio Novelli. And we are on Patreon as well, and we've got lots of exciting stuff to share with you on there. You can support us from as little as a dollar per episode, and in exchange you get some patron-only exclusives. Uh, We have just upgraded a few things over there, so head on over. Yeah, perks on Patreon include early access to content, of course, uh, sponsored ads at the start and end of our show. So if you're a band or brand, uh, let us talk about you on this show. Um, And also you get a chance to co-host an episode alongside... Ross and I, your two favorite co-hosts, of course. Uh, But most importantly, you will be directly enabling us to keep bringing you weekly interviews with interesting people with the goal of spreading knowledge about the music and entertainment industries and uh, simply helping uh, each other out, which is something that we should all be doing. And it's something that I know Ross and I are very passionate about. We are. And speaking of helping each other out, we've also got official BTA shirts available to purchase on our website. They look great on you. And trust me, we've seen you. You look great. And all (laughs) proceeds go into helping us keep the lights on here at Bridge the Atlantic. There's a link to get them in our show notes. And if you use the coupon code BTA rocks, you'll receive 10% off your purchase as our little way of saying thank you. And finally, I am recording my second full-length solo album, and I kindly invite you to help make it a reality. Uh, you can contribute to my crowdfunding campaign on Pledge Music by simply going to marcianavelli.com slash pledge. Uh, no amount is too small, and I truly appreciate your support. Um, finally, everyone who pledges receives an immediate free download of my new acoustic EP, The Reimagining Volume 1, as a thanks from me to you. So go check it out. And I gotta say that EP is worth the pledge. So oh, thanks, buddy. Get on there. Joining us this week is musician and best-selling author Amanda Palmer. Amanda is the lead singer, pianist, and lyricist of the duo The Dresden Dolls, and has released numerous solo records to critical acclaim. In 2012, she became the first artist to raise over a million dollars on Kickstarter, with the resulting album Theatre is Evil charting in the US top ten. Her TED Talk on the art of asking went viral and was quickly followed by a book expanding on the subject, which became a New York Times bestseller. Hugely respected in the independent music industry, Amanda has a ton of advice to share. We're excited to learn more about her views on crowdfunding, building relationships with an audience, and more. So, hey Amanda, welcome to the show. Hello. 
Nice to be nice to be here. Yes, we are so happy to have you here. Um, why don't we just get awkward right off the bat and have you tell us three <laughs> things about yourself that everyone should know? That everyone should know. I um, I am a writer. Um, I've written lots and lots of songs, and I've written a book, and I blog a lot, and I tweet a lot, and I never shut my mouth, basically. Number one. Uh, number two, <laughs> I am a mother. I just had a baby 20 months ago, Aww. and that's been really fucking interesting. <laughs> uh, and number three, I... I'm broadcasting from Neil Gaiman's writing cabin because uh, there's so much action going down at our house that I snuck up here. <laughs> Very so, nice. Well, yeah, actually, I, I have a, a secret a quick story to share about uh, you and Neil. So I've been a fan of yours since uh, mid 2000s when Dresden Dolls came out. My husband is a big fan of Neil Gaiman. When we met each other, he'd never heard of you and I'd never heard of Neil Gaiman but we introduce each other to your work Ooh. and now you guys are married. So, so in an indirect way, I think you're responsible for this, Ross. Uh, yeah, I'm just saying. I, don't, I, I can't really claim any responsibility, Maybe. I'm afraid, but you know. I think it's hard to meet an artist today who hasn't at least seen your TED Talk uh, on the art of asking. Um, and have you noticed a change in the way that artists are making a living since the talk? Um, or in especially since the book has come out? particularly relating to crowdfunding and that sort of thing? Uh, that's a good question. I, yeah, I think, I mean, I think there's some fundamental truths about how artists are and how uh, capitalism is and how, you know, general audiences and consumers and appreciators of art have gotten used to the way of things. Um, but... I think, you know, especially since Kickstarter began existing and people kind of got over their initial like, oh, that's weird. I, I don't get it. I don't really want to do that. That just seems kind of gross and dirty. I, I think there's there's still a there's still a stigma around crowdfunding and artists just like directly looking at the world and saying, hey, like if I'm going to do this, I need money. So can you be the one who gives the money? Um but I think I'd like to think there's less shame around it. I'd like to think that in the last five years or so, uh, artists have not had to explain so much and like clear their throats so much when asking for their fans' help or the community's help. I think it's become now more universally understood that artists need money, they have to pay their rent, you know, magical money from other places has dried up quite a bit. Yeah. And um, I'd like to think that people aren't as like shocked and aghast to see an artist saying like, no, actually, if the money's going to come from anywhere, it's going to come from you. So can you give me it? <laughs> well, I think you had a big part in that though. You know, I think you're being modest. I think you had a really big part in that because I remember I was very inspired seeing that because it is very difficult to ask for money anyone you know to do that and uh i know when i first did that it was it was kind of like oh you're just asking for money but what people don't realize and i try to help explain is like the money's going to come from somewhere and yeah. why not just write from you then you can we can charge you less for it and it comes right to us so you know i think uh yeah i i think in your ted talk was just fantastic 
and uh, the, the whole concept of just not being afraid to ask. You know? Well, and it's about so much more than oh, of course it is art and money and crowdfunding. I mean, when it comes down to it, our disconnection from each other, basically. I mean, if you want to get super real about it, you know, we're fundamentally tribal. Like our our base instincts of how we want to interact with each other and help each other have gotten so messed up uh, given how we have progressed if you want to look at it optimistically as a society. <laughs> the word sure. um, yeah. But like, you know, just even looking at what is going on in the world right now, politically, I just am shaking my head going like, oh my God, you know, can we not do better than this? Yeah. Are we really convinced that we're better off if we don't help each other? You've got to be kidding me. Like, what crack are people on? It actually works better when we help each other out. It actually yeah. works better when we're generous with one another. It actually works better when we look at the world and say like, okay, how can we all share all of this stuff that we have? Um, you know, which will probably make me sound like the world's biggest socialist commie, but actually it's practical. Okay. You're in good company so, here. <laughs> yeah, you, you are. You're in very good which company is fine. Because we couldn't agree yeah, more. Yeah, but I mean, it's not like the other way is working. Absolutely. Well, your, your TED Talk was so inspiring. Your book is so inspiring. Um, I'd love to ask if there's maybe kind of one key turning point in your journey that made you realize why it's important to ask or why it's important to allow people to help you. Yeah, well, I mean, the whole thesis of my book was really, you can't think of asking for something as just taking something from someone else. Mm -hmm. It's not like that. Exactly. A asking is half a, it, it's a relationship. And we're always asking things of one another. It's how we function together as a society. It's how any relationship works. It's how any, you know, two lovers communicate. It's how a marriage works. It's how parenting and like, it's all, it, it's the fundamental building block of any relationship. Can I ask you for this? And, you know, you're free to ask this of me and let's do this together because that's we a lot more other. beneficial than like concept. me standing in the woods here and you standing in the woods there <laughs> exactly. going, fuck you. <laughs> um, and, you know, and like this is human society. This is how it all happened. So I think, you know, and like using art and music and crowdfunding, it's like you could start anywhere and still get to the bigger picture. So talking about music and crowdfunding, you know, an artist or a journalist or, you know, media people, anyone who's got something to offer because they have a talent, because they have a skill, because they have a story they want to share, asking for support to put that thing out in the world isn't asking for just like abject charity. It's asking for the structure to create this thing that then is going to benefit everybody, hopefully. Or, you know, so I think that the problem that artists have is they're so afraid that they're going to be seen as self-serving if they ask for support, but actually it should be the opposite. And, and with my fan base and also like the way, you know, when you look back through history, 
there's a, you know, there's a real pleasure and an honor in supporting artists, journalists, whoever, in, in doing that important work of society that has to happen somehow. And we're seeing this just in so many corners right now, like in the collapse of the media because of the disruption of the internet and stuff. And it's like, well, we all really want good media. We all really want, you know, like fair, unbiased, you know, we want the New York Times to exist. We want journalists to be able to fly from this country to that country and like report to us that there's a war going on there and this is what's happening. But it never happens by magic. Mm. Someone has to put fuel in the plane and pay that journalist's, you know, rent so that they can live and write and work. And so I think we're heading into a really interesting era of going like, wow, all of this stuff that we sort of took for granted because it, you know, came through this commercial uh, path or, you know, got paid for by this corporation or advertising. Like we're all kind of stepping back going like, oh, we want journalism and need it. We want music and we need it. How are we going to make sure that we have it and that the people supplying it are taken care of? And as long as you as an artist or a content creator can really stand there and go like, yeah, what I'm doing is a value. So let's just figure out how to get me paid so I can get on with doing this. Instead of falling down that trap of, oh, I'm a songwriter or, oh, I'm a journalist instead of doing some practical job. So I must be a narcissistic egotist. And like, how dare I ask people for money? I should just go get a real job. That's, you know, that's the, that's the hump. And it's a very real hump that I can personally it's a very relate real to. Hump. So. And it's also, it's hard <laughs> yeah. because you can't put an exact value on a song you can't put an exact value on, you know, a piece of journalism, but you know it's important. Mm -hmm. So, and we're, because of our weird capitalist society, a lot of people are so driven to go like, but no, this song must have an exact value. Like, let's look at the statistics. You know, this song is worth exactly $350. And it's like, hey, you just can't look at it that way. I'm sorry. You just have to look at that song as valuable. And, and worthy of existing. And it has to come from an artist. So you have to look at that artist as valuable and worthy of existing. For, some, for any artist or any creator that is thinking, right now they're on the fence, they're thinking about going into the world of asking, you know, um, but they just don't know how to do it in the sense of making people realize, like you said, I have something of value. I need your help to make it. You know, how, how can they go about doing that? without kind of putting off the wrong, you know what I'm saying? Kind of seeming yeah. needy, I guess. Well, so the, f the flip side of like asking with total like shame and guiltiness, which I see artists doing all the time is asking and coming off as entitled mm -hmm. because like you could hear me give a like soapbox speech, like the one I just gave and go like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have value and you like better fucking support my art because Amanda Palmer said like, <laughs> I'm real. It's, like, <laughs> that's not going to work either. No. So <laughs> it's really interesting. Like part of your job as an artist, Neil and I were like literally just talking with my musician friend Skip Shirey about this over breakfast, about how, you know, you can be a great artist, a great writer, a great musician, 
but you have to, unfortunately, whether you like it or not, you have to hone this other skill because it's like eat or be eaten. Like you have to learn how to ask for and and get what you need if you're going to survive in the art marketplace. And 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 the like the the ninja skill set is to be able to ask someone for something right on that like tight you know high wire of um razor's on edge this si- on this side you're like sorry i'm asking but like uh, and that's on one side <gasps> and on the other side is the like give me some money bitch because my music's important <laughs> like and somewhere in between is is just like an open-hearted non-demanding non-judgmental way of asking for something and I've thought about this a lot when I was writing the book, and the 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 easiest trick I could think of to give someone was make sure when you're asking, however you're asking, you're making the other person feel totally comfortable if they say no. Oh, wow. And if that's true, you've asked the right way. And if it isn't true, you've fucked up. So, like, there really is a difference between saying, like, I really hate to bother you, but can you do this? Can you give me this thing? That kind of makes the person feel guilty. Mm -hmm. And on the other Mm -hmm. side, going, like, can you do this? Like, I really, really just need 50 bucks. That really is hard to say no to. Mm -hmm. But if you say, listen, no load, no commitment. I could use this help. Could you help in this way? But if not, it's fine. That sort of goes like, oh, okay, like, she's not going to be pissed if I say no. Uh, And also, like, bonus points, when you ask someone that way, they're way more likely to say yes. I was going to say they want to help you, right? They don't feel like they're being pulled. Oh, look, this non-obnoxious artist is not being obnoxious to me, and this is the kind of person I'd like to help because I feel unyelled at. Right. And... You know, and I would dare say again, like, this not only holds true for crowdfunding music, but like, this applies to your marriage. <laughs> this applies to your relationship with your parents. It's so this true, applies to every relationship that you're in, which is, you know, don't, don't put a load on the other person. That's mm-hmm. never going to work. So maybe That's we should just, all as, as artist creators start practicing this just in our regular lives, just, just as people, because that's just going to be natural. And it's the way we really should be <laughs> with totally. everybody in our lives. You should write a book or something. <laughs> Have you considered this? I already did. <laughs> We're so funny. <laughs> um, I'd like to ask you really quickly, because I was, I was reading your blog and it was the, the most recent blog about insecurity and the fraud police. Uh, and I think it's an important subject and definitely something a lot of artists can relate to. Um, can you very briefly tell us how you deal with those feelings? I think a lot of people look up to you as, you know, you're an innovator, you're a very inspirational kind of artist. Is there anything that we can maybe learn from you in dealing with those feelings? Well, so yeah, specifically this blog was about feeling really insecure, like very specifically when stacking yourself up to that person who's next to you. Mm -hmm. And in my case, you know, I was, I was talking about my, my, 
indie, my female indie rock peers like Regina Spector and PJ Harvey and Fiona Apple and Lord. You know, I look at Lord and I'm like, you drive me crazy. Like you put out your first record at 17 and then you took a five year break and then you put out a perfect second record because you're doing everything right. And I, it's like, you know, and I, I, uh, I've been noticing these thought patterns like my entire career and, you know, first of all, like noticing that you're doing that is already like a massive explosive piece of growth to even just stop and stand outside yourself and go, Oh my God, you're thinking this way. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. Isn't it? Um, instead of just following the path of like guilt, doom, insecurity, whatever it is, and being inside of it, being able to step outside of it and kind of look at yourself objectively and say like, Oh, that's a kind of a negative pattern of thinking, isn't it? Like, and it's not helping you. Uh, and it's not helping anyone else. And it's anyone, not yeah. contributing to the music mm. industry being any better. In fact, you're probably making it worse by thinking that way. Um, but I actually, you know, it's funny is I, I find the best way of dealing with those feelings is I, I, I share them. Mm-hmm. I talk about them. And they're kind of scary to share because they're, you know, they're creepy and even writing a blog like that, where I sort of talk about like, uh, like looking to my left and seeing Regina Spector and going, oh, if I had only done that with my career, you know, she must be happier in these ways because she has that. Oh, but you know, she doesn't have this and doing this like massive comparison. Yeah. And, and I know how crazy it is and I know how unproductive it is. Um, but sometimes the best way of like getting it all out of my head and sort of getting out of thought patterns is just like sitting down and writing about it and then being able to look at it and laugh at it uh, and being able to share it with my community because there's always that little hesitation where I press send on a post like that. And I'm like, I kind of, this is making me feel quite vulnerable. Actually. did Did you reveal too much? Did I reveal right. too much? Like, yeah, yeah. Does this feel like navel gazing? Like, yeah. is Regina Spector going to see this blog post and go like, oh, Amanda Palmer's creepy? Like, is anything <laughs> like that going to happen? But what happens 99 times out of 100 is a bunch of people read that blog and go, oh, my God, I'm so happy to yes, hear yeah. someone That's say that. We're not right. alone. Yeah, it's what I'm thinking right alone. now is you're right. saying it. And I'm like, then, I do the same thing. <laughs> right. And then I don't feel alone. Yeah. And they don't feel alone. And like, like so much of my experience with artwork in general and songwriting in general, the best part of the job is when you feel like you've sort of put yourself on the line like that but, and it creates connection. And you go like, again, like you can't put any kind of value on this. You can't put a price tag on it, but you can go like, oh, I feel less alone in the world right now. And I think this person who just commented on my post feels a little less alone in the world right now. And if I had to look at my entire, you know, career and my entire pile of artwork, whether it was posts or songs or shows or tweets or the entire Gesamtkunstwerk of the whole thing, that would be it. It all points towards one end game and it all tries to achieve one thing which is like do we all feel a little less alone at the end of this exercise not am i famous not do people love me not did i make enough money 
but like, did I help the world or this person or that person or me or my friends feel less alone in this human experience that we're having, which by the way, is like a scary, shitty experience often. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) Are you ready for 20 questions? Fuck yeah. All right. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Meat or veggies? Veggies. Yeah. Twitter or Facebook? Twitter. Indie or major? Mm, Indie. Technique or emotion? Emotion. Studio or stage? Stage. Education or experience? Experience. Marvel or DC? (laughs) No comment there. (laughs) I don't know who's listening. (laughs) (laughs) Canada or Scotland? Oh, Scotland. (laughs) Talent or attitude? Attitude. Nick Cave or The Cure? (gasps) That's mean. (laughs) We asked the tough questions here on Virginia. Oh my yeah. god, that's like tearing me apart. <laughs> I, well, I did say I was going to try, and it seems like I'm doing pretty well. Oh yeah, I right now at this point in time, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to Nick, but it's a tough call. Piano or ukulele? Piano. Kickstarter or Patreon? Mm. Well. Patreon for the moment. Yes. That's where I'm hanging out. A few years ago, Kickstarter. (laughs) Another one you may want to be careful answering. um, Twin Peaks or Doctor Who? Oh, that's very easy. Sorry, Twin Peaks. Okay, there you go. I got to check that out. Blur (laughs) or Oasis? Blur. Michael Jackson or Michael Bolton? Real question. Is that even a question? It it is a real question. Oh, yeah, totally. (laughs) How is that a question? That's Michael Jackson, okay. hands down. Sorry, Damn. sorry to the bolt. Celine Dion or Marilyn Manson? Oh, that's hard in a sad way. <laughs> <laughs> is that another skip? Oh, uh, am I allowed? Do I get one you, skip? Well, I'm gonna skip. You can have one, but be careful mm-hmm. which question you use it on. That's all I'm saying. Oh, <laughs> well, okay. I could imagine it being worse, so I'll I'll give that to Celine Dion. Okay. Whale or kale? <laughs> Open to interpretation. Yeah, kale. Bet Midler or the Riddler, simply because they rhyme. Wow. How sophisticated we are here. Well, give it to Bet <laughs> yep. because she's not a fictional character. <laughs> or is she? No, she's not. Oh, and your that's final super question, real. Your final <laughs> ultimate number one question. Oh god. Ross or Marcio? <sighs> I think I'm gonna pick Ross. Oh, Sorry. <laughs> but that's because you asked you asked me. <laughs> if he had asked me. That's my theory. My theory is that Ross gets picked more often because he asked. He asked. He asked. Oh, exactly. Well, you know, it's we're gonna put topic. that theory to the test and we're gonna switch that around. We're gonna start switching that around. Yeah. Uh, Amanda, before we wrap here, uh, before we wrap up, for artists who would like to embrace a direct to fan route, um, is there some actionable advice that you can offer to help them get started on that road? One of the most important things to remember if you're an artist and you're beginning uh, and you're you're trying to crowdfund or you're trying to start a subscription or you, you know, whatever, you're trying to start a Patreon is uh is to remember that like cr- crowdfunding in itself doesn't supply you with an audience you have to come with the audience mm-hmm. it's bring your own audience and i think people forget that 
because I think I've had a lot of people, you know, sort of come to me and say like, okay, I did everything you said. Like, I'm a great artist. People think my art is great. I, you know, I started a Patreon, but no one's joined it. And I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot of groundwork that you actually have to do before you can just expect people to plonk money in your bank account. Um, and, and a lot of that just has to do with, have you proven already that you're trustable? Have you proven that you're going to continually deliver content? Um, and are you expecting too much? So like, if you're a little local band and you like play your local pub once a month to a like enthusiastic audience of 50 people, it's pretty like uh, reasonable to expect that if you did a crowdfund, you'd get 50 people um, because those are your people. They're not these mm. other imaginary people who are going to come out of nowhere, who've never heard of you, who are going to support you. You're talking to those 50 fuckers and you're hoping that they're going to help you. They're your fans. They're your friends. And that's it. There is no other magic group of people. And and I think it's really important for artists to just step back and look at the reality of their world and the reality of their community and go like, okay, cool. So if I'm going to use Kickstarter, it's realistic to think that a, like this many people are probably going to want to help me and maybe hopefully more because maybe they tell their friends, they, t they, you know, those friends tell their friends, but making sure that your expectations are pretty real can be hard to do because you've got to strip your ego away and like take a look around at who's there and who looks enthusiastic and who wants to help and say, this is what it is right now. It's 40 people. This is what it is right now. It's 400 people or it's 4,000 people. Um, but it's not like, because I was brave and I started a Kickstarter, magical people are going to show up and care about me and my art and help me. It doesn't work that way. And going in, understanding that is really important because then you don't, wind up disappointed. Uh, is there anything before we wrap up that you'd just like to add here um, and say to anyone who's, uh, who's tuning in? Um, I can see two deer. <laughs> and they're really beautiful. <laughs> uh, you heard it here first. <laughs> and you, a... <laughs> and I can see two deers in my screen Aww. as well. Aww, uh, <laughs> no, not really. I mean, I could talk to you guys about we, a, a we million things. For, for and we would, we would love to, but we know that you've got yeah, absolutely. Um, I would love. I'd love to ask something. Sure. Of yes. uh, of our audience, whoever is watching this, um, if you like, if you have found any of this interesting, join my Patreon mm -hmm. because it's a really like your Twitter versus Facebook question that I would have loved to expand on because I'm really getting very frustrated with Facebook mm. and it's kind of evil algorithming and uh -huh. I'm and I'm excited to bring people into another corner of the internet where we're not just relying on Facebook to communicate and the Patreon has been great for that. It's a very cool community and um and I've been loving it. Um and it's you know and it's cheap. You can join it for a dollar and um I've been really excited about what that's going to do, how it's going to work. And um and other than that you know, I think I'm good. 
That's the best place to connect with you online. Absolutely. And you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, iTunes, and YouTube. Don't forget to visit our website and pick up one of our shirts while you're there. And as I mentioned earlier, I'm currently working on my second solo album, and you can be a part of it at marcinavelli.com slash pledge. When you support my new album, you also get an immediate free download of my new acoustic EP, The Reimagining Volume 1, as a thank you gift. Follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as well as Spotify and Patreon, which are all my name, Marcio Novelli. M-A-R-C-I-O-N-O-V-E-L-L-I. Well done. <gasps> Thank well you. Well done. Gold star. <laughs> I'm working on websites for various artists at the moment, and you can check out my work at electrickiwi.co.uk. You'll find me on Twitter and Instagram as Electric Kiwi, and on Facebook, Electric Kiwi Design. This episode was brought to you by the wonderful 30 Roses, a virtual assistant and consultant to musicians and other creatives, as well as Chris Keaton, Music Entrepreneur HQ, and Social Search. All links are in the show notes, so please check them out because they do what we're us. They keep the show alive. <laughs> and if you would also like to keep the show alive, you can become a sponsor or a patron at patreon.com slash bridge the Atlantic. We recently updated our rewards, which now include sponsorship at the start and the end of our interviews, as well as an opportunity for you to co-host an episode. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and iTunes so you don't miss any episodes and leave us a comment and let us know what you think of the show. Amanda, this has been fantastic. We cannot thank you enough. We, we are fans of what you do and it, uh, it was really exciting to talk with you today. Thank you guys both. Chia, chia forever. <laughs> Thanks so much. <laughs> okay. My dear. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 